welcome to Reactivate the Extreme Robots podcast. My name is Glenn Robinson. I am one of the co-hosts and the creative director at Extreme Robots, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host today, Chris Wilkins. Hi, Chris. Hello, Glenn. It is a delight to hear your voice, sir. Well, yes, indeed. And of course, today is an introduction to Extreme Robots, where Chris always gives me a lot of compliments over the course of this <laughs> this podcast. So we're taking the first episode to really explain, I think, what Extreme Robots is and, and also what our involvement is in it. Now, Chris has been involved. I'm not saying he's much older than me, but Chris has been involved. He is older than me, though. Uh, much longer than I have in Extreme Robots. Chris, uh, how did you first get started out in Extreme Robots? Or, as it was back then, the, was it the Robot Wars live tour? Yeah, so I've been involved in it now. I must be 12 or 13 years now, which is mad because I'm only 21, so that's pretty good going, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we as, a, as, a, as a company, have evolved. Obviously, the show, which I'm sure we'll talk about, Glenn, has evolved greatly. But uh, my baptism of fire working with uh, combative robots was um, at the O2 arena. You know, just a, a subtle little start to life. The O2 arena uh, in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not, not the one anywhere else, Glenn. <laughs> there are other O2 arenas, <laughs> you know. It's an, we, this is what we have to be conscious of, Chris, is that a lot of people who may have stumbled across us, hello, by the way, uh, and uh, taking a leap into listening to episode one uh, of Reactivate, is that... We don't necessarily know where anyone's come from, or indeed that anybody really knows what, as you said, combat robots are. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Welcome for those that are joining us, <laughs> and it is it is a, a global community as well with the the robot combat fighting. I mean, there are fighting leagues really that occur to various levels all around the world, and some of them I've only discovered in the last couple of years. And we shall talk about the legality of some of them when we talk about our double double bulletproof arena, because you know. There are there's some things out there, Chris. We've seen some things. We've seen some yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, we've seen some stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's it, it's it's fantastic, really. Um, it is it is a global community. I mean, obviously, when people think of robot fighting, they think of whether it be robot wars historically, or you know, in America now, battle bots. But there are so many other things that occur elsewhere. Um, it, it, it's fantastic, and and we're really looking forward to taking more people on the journey with us this year. I, I was uh, saying to you off air, Glenn, that I think robot combat is in a really good place at the moment in heavyweight divisions, and we're excited to be, you know, leading the charge going into twenty twenty four with that. Yeah, absolutely. So combat robotics as well. Now, extreme robots. We are a heavyweight robot company. So something like you would have seen on the likes of Robot Wars and BattleBots, etc. Uh, in in the past or even to you know to the present day. But of course there are there are different classes of of robots from all the way down to tiny little ones that are like 150 grams. And that's one of the things that we bring to our live shows as well. So when you come to see the show, not only will you see huge heavyweight robots smashing into each other at a huge rate of knots and with big spinny things on that we're going to get to in a moment as well that make it even more terrifying. But we bring our own mini versions of the extreme robots where people are able to then come and the, the, during the interval or before the show or after the show uh, compete with these really small robots, these replicas of the, the extreme robots, the heavyweight versions. And that, I think, is a really good way at an entry level to get into to, to robotics. But as we always say, Chris, and now we have the live streams, we'll get into all of that later, but there is nothing like seeing a heavyweight robot when we say three, two, one, or rather when Chris says three, two, one, activate, and everybody joins in in the arena. 
that we have two heavyweight robots smashing into each other. Explain what that feels and also, well, more often than not, what it sounds like, Chris. Yeah, I, I always look to the audience the first time we get two of the heavyweights in the arena because the amount of noise that they create as they move around, I think what also throws people off, and you can't really appreciate that unless you're there. It's the same as, you know, when you see a Formula One car on the TV, you you know that they're quick, but you can't really appreciate it. How fast they move around the arena as well. Yeah. And just the sheer noise, particularly with some of the robots and, and yeah. <laughs> the, the spinners, which we'll talk about later on. But the, the whole... Um, physical feeling that it that it creates in in your in your body that you know it reverberates through you it's it's really impressive so i actually look to the audience quite a lot just to see that initial oh oh wow that really is quite quite something yeah. it's 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 fantastic yeah um it's great actually when we start the show people coming in and they they have a go on the ant weights or the beta weights and all those sort of things and sort of as you say get used to the idea of controlling them and get their head around that and then we mm. we bring out these 110 kilo beasts and then we bring out a one ton robot on top of that and or in uh, some cases of course the house robots now the host house robots were made popular i think really in early robot wars where there were these cpz's that you essentially your robot wasn't allowed to go into these areas or the house robots were allowed to come and attack you and that has evolved over time of course we still have one of the matriarchs of the house robots uh it appears at every show from the robot wars live tour of course matilda is there but our house robot, the extreme robots house robot. It's no joke, is it, Chris? Oh my word, no. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> you can tell how popular it is and and what an impact it has when we do our VIP tours during the show and people want their photo with it. It is a yeah. absolute <laughs> absolute rock star at the shows. It is literally one ton of fighting fun, as we call it, with a with a claw that picks up the robots. It flows uh, flames out of its uh its other claw. It's um. I mean, it looks like a tank. With it is. Uh, well, <laughs> when, when we had KSI and Sidemen, uh, because we, we've, we've had a lot of associations over the years, Extreme Robots with other huge brands, you know, Magic the Gathering last year, of course, our wonderful sponsors coming in for 2024 with Get Ready Comics, but arguably no one bigger than KSI, KSI and Sidemen uh, from uh, a couple of years ago. And one of the guys said, I remember them very clearly saying, why has the British military not got one of these? And then he's talking about major damage. Well, there'd be no more war in the world, mate. Everyone would be stopping for selfies. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to do it. No, that was uh, just going back to the KSI and, and the Sidemen thing. That was that was an incredible thing to, to partner with and to work on. Really, really fun. Um, and obviously something that you don't see if you go you sort of look behind the, uh, the curtain as such is we tried to keep that under wraps for the for the filming day and then i think a couple of the guys went over to a, a nearby um fast food chain i think they have golden arches i don't really need to mention <laughs> them and got spotted and uh and then that was it the outside of the uh the facility that we were recording in and working in became sort of close to what they used to have of the Beatles, uh, with <laughs> a bunch of kids screaming and trying to get their way in. Um, it was uh, it was quite a unique experience, and I think that video is up way over seven million views now. It's it's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things that I think Extreme Robots has always prided itself on was building partnerships with you know with huge brands and and local brands as well throughout the UK. With the with the only fully touring UK 
uh, Combat Robot Show. And of course, we'll be going out again this year for even more venues and even bigger venues. And it's an incredible time to be involved with heavyweight combat robotics. But for somebody who's never been to the show before, Chris, obviously, Chris goes out there and does all of his wonderful introductions and explains to everybody that every battle is three minutes long and we start with three, two, one, activate. And you, if you're immobilized for 10 seconds, I think most people understand the premise of how combat robotics goes on. But Chris, there are a few things that we've added to the show over the years that have made it, well, particularly extreme, so to speak. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think most people will even with a passing knowledge will understand the concept of what robot wars, for example. And sure. let's use robot wars as the kind of the, the, the example, I think. Yeah. And, and that's really born out of, of the fighting robot association and the rules and regulations of what, you know, like you have in boxing or like you have in most sports, to be honest, it's a governing body that says what can occur inside a, a fighting zone. But we, we've taken that even further, really, with a lot of elements. So, for example, inside the arena, we have something called the fire pit. So you can throw your opponent outside the fighting zone. They're immobilized from that moment onwards, and then we set them on fire. Um, so all of your hard work goes out the window very quickly. We have something called the flipper, which has the ability to launch, you know, hundreds of kilos of robots onto the roof of the facility well i learned something interesting about the flipper only at the last show chris that it's only running at half power it only actually has one of its pistons running because if we run it as at full power there is no doubt in anybody's mind who created the monstrosity that is the extreme arena that it would clear a hundred kilogram robot straight out the top of the arena. So that's why it runs at half power. And I never knew that until recently. Imagine, I just want to see one day, could we just take it to like a, a very long track or maybe like a, <laughs> a runway and just see how far we can launch robots. It'll and there like are certain robots that I would love to actually do that with as well. Ben, to be honest. <laughs> it's been like I'm an sure extreme... Somebody, yeah, I'm sure someone who's listening to this knows exactly I'm talking about them. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the power of extreme robots is is not just limited, of course, to the pistons in the extreme arena, but it's, it's a lot of it is about the show as well and the show. Showmanship, and I, again, I think it's worth maybe talking about our history briefly. Now, recently, uh, we have, have become co-presenters of of the show. We are, we present the live show to the live audience. But not only that, we have Gemma Naylor, our roving reporter, our Philippa Forrester backstage, who is interviewing all the winners and losers. And then we have Jamie Davis, who is presenting the live stream, live streaming the show to the entire world through our website and through YouTube and through Twitch and all of these amazing things that all go on to make it that it's not just a about when you come and see an extreme robot show i don't think it's just about the live show as incredible as it is chris and as much as we love this we keep coming back so it's gotta have some allure to it but the the entertainment aspect of it and i think the fact that you know our backgrounds kind of lends to that a little bit that we like to bring the the sport and the entertainment together well, exactly that. I think, you know, we're finding we're getting, particularly for the last few years, a lot of a lot of new audiences and a lot of um, younger people that, that didn't necessarily grow up with Robot Wars because it wasn't necessarily on the TV during their, their younger formative years. So we're having to, you know, sort of find a way to, to bring the show to them. And, and what we've got to do is create personalities and characters beyond the fights inside the arena 
you know, I, I'd say we are very much now a blend of of um, sort of esports, um, obviously combat sports. And let's be honest, Glenn, there's a little bit of pro wrestling thrown in there as well now. I'm sure there is. We'll never escape from it, probably, <laughs> will we, Chris? Um, uh, but myself and Chris uh, trained together um, as as young Not actors. Not at the gym. We just meet like clear. No, no goodness. Good. Have you seen us? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we trained together uh, at one of uh, next to one of our, our mainstays of our touring venues in Guildford. Uh, of course, we'll be at the, back at the Spectrum uh, this year. Um, we trained in acting and then went off to have very varied careers where both of us ended up at one point working at a very famous Formula One team. And that's kind of, I think, the entertainment and the sporting aspect of it has we've just met up again in Extreme Robots. And now it's just going from from strength to strength year on year. It's a, it's an incredible thing to be involved with. But when people think of I, if I just saw on outside of a, a venue extreme robots I would think that well it's a potential we could go in there and there would be I don't know like people from the world of computing showing the newest robots that were doing extreme things now our show not 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 entirely like that this is this is this is no um this is no procession through a museum um this is uh, from top to bottom Chris I think the loudest most exciting touring show in the UK at the moment. Yeah, we're a bit silly, actually, because like if you had a, a normal situation, we had a touring show, right? Like like we do, where you have robots fighting each other. You might fabricate the fights. You might sort of predetermine the finishes a little bit or tell them to go a little bit easy because we've no. got three shows over a weekend or you've got, you know, eight shows over a year or whatever, whatever it is. We don't. We basically give them three minutes to beat the living daylights out of each other, and what ends up at the end of it, what ends, we have to react to it, which is exciting, but also a little bit silly, because we're, we just, <laughs> we don't hey, know. Look, from, look, I, we don't know I, from I was, show to I, show who we've got to play with. I was all for predetermined finishes in my my, my career, <laughs> but now actually letting people now I know Dana White's got such a headache when he when he can't look after the finishes. Yeah, the the the, the weekends, and I think Chris, you've done a brilliant thing there, and leading us to not necessarily us and the show and all the spectacle that goes on, but the people involved in it and the roboteers. Because at the end of the day, at the beginning of every battle, before you ask the audience, are they ready? You have to ask the roboteers. And these aren't just people who are operating the robots. These are people who know the robot from a design on a napkin in a pub from <laughs> to all of a sudden being a 100 kilogram robot. And so well, let's start, for example, with one of our team captains, Team Inferno's team captain, the former, well, no, the incumbent Robot Wars champion, as from series 10, tell us about the man we sometimes call the GOAT, Michael Oates. Yeah, I mean, he is a phenomenal roboteer, a great personality, and has been a fantastic captain, which I'm sure will lead into the, the, the teams and the captains element side of the show. But um, he really has been the man to beat during Extreme Robots. He's been our heavyweight champion. He's been the team champion. He's been the target on the back for a lot of the other Roboteers and certainly somebody that, that, that they aspire to. Uh, one thing we should say is that, you know, this year, for example, Michael's built a brand new machine called Implosion, which is an Axbot, um, incredibly powerful machine, destroys robots. We've had, I think it was one weekend where he broke down six other robots. Yeah. Uh, again, going back to the, we're silly, we're trying to run a show. We just let them <laughs> beat the living daylights out of each other. 
But one thing we should say as well is that there is no way to test these robots outside of the extreme extreme arena. So again, we always go back to Formula One, but you know, you spend all winter building a Formula One car or a robot, and the only way you can actually work out if they're really going to work is by putting them on a track, or in our case, inside the arena. So we had to create something called Fight Club which uh, occurs when people are entering into the uh, the uh, venue itself. So a before little bit the of live a... show starts yeah. proper. Yeah, so we used to, we, you, you know, in wrestling, you'd call it a dark match, for example, but sure. something that something that predates the, the actual main show itself. And it's a chance for Michael with Implosion and anyone else building a new robot to get their robot inside the arena, test whether they're working, test the weapon without any consequences that affects their team or them as a champion, for example. Um, that's really the only time they get to do that. Beyond that, we have a mm-hmm. thousand people plus saying three, two, one, activate, and you have to get <laughs> on with it. Yeah. And if you break down, it's game. You know, it's game over. We're looking in the arena. You know, the, 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 the phrase is style, damage, and aggression. I think damage and aggression have really taken the, the forefront of that now, where you yeah. cannot afford to back off from your opponent. So, um, you know. Michael's implosion has been a really good advocate of that. He just spends three minutes just trying to absolutely tear into his his opponents. Um, but yeah, he, he's uh, he's exceptional, really. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table this year. He's very aware that, that other people are building new robots. I have a, a, um, a slight inside knowledge that he might be looking to build a new robot as well, Glenn, oh. which would be very, very exciting. But yeah. He is the GOAT. He is the one to beat this year. He is the one to beat. Team Inferno have been the team champions, and we will get to the team element of the show in a moment. Other characters, though, in our in our cast of a motley crew of combat robots, of course, um, we have other team captains. Craig Collius, who we, of course, refer to as the Willy Wonka of combat robotics, because if you leave anything around long enough, he will turn it into a robot. He will add wheels. He will add a face. There will be some sort of electronics <laughs> in there, and it will it will no longer be able to make you tea, indeed, but it will be able to, <laughs> to scurry along the floor. And, of course, uh, we have Will Thomas, the, the captain uh, of uh, Team Quake. And, and, and I think maybe... Maybe most people will remember Will from Aftershock, who was his most famous robot on, on Robot Wars, who um, Craig Collius kind of retired last year, didn't he, Chris? Yeah, we really saw um, how robot combats evolved because Aftershock was a bit of a killer in, in Robot Wars, would destroy a lot of robots with its, you know, 20 kilo plus spinning disc, 100 plus miles an hour, uh, attacking robots, as said, for three minutes. Not often those fights would go the distance. They were knockout artists. Um, but in the extreme arena, we have the ability to to build absolute monsters as spinner robots. And Craig, as you say, built a, a robot called Zadkill, who's known as the God of Mercy, and it's a slightly ironic name. And he's got a the Angel dis- of Mercy, sorry, Angel of Mercy. Because Craig, Craig's right. got, got Angel mythology, I think, across all of his his robots. With yeah, he's with far too different... intelligent for me. Yeah, he's way um, too. <laughs> yeah, but he built he built basically uh, a a propeller on wheels, um, which is. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's goodness. it's the most violent thing I, I've seen, and and so obviously you know aftershock goes in, and it's got the 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 lineage in the background, and and was torn in two effectively by Zadkiel. Um, yeah. Again, stupid us, we let yes. we let that happen. Um, but 
aftershock is is no more because of the of the uh, destruction that was caused inside the extreme arena so you can come to any weekend and you're probably going to see at least one robot that gets retired from uh, from combat permanently because the amount of uh, damage that it's taken but you know that's what separates us really is we're, we're willing to commit fully to letting everybody that enters the arena have a proper fight there's no holding back you know it's it's and and glenn we got to say in the last 12 months you can see that if you watch any of our footage online you'll see the damage that the robots have taken the war wounds that they've taken i think the the level of combat this year has been better than it's ever been um it's it's exceptional to see no one is leaving anything outside of the arena it's 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 pretty impressive to watch and one of the key things, and I think the key elements to not only the the spectacle of the show, but the sporting element and the entertainment is, of course, the team element to the show. So at every Extreme Robot shows, four teams compete to win the title of show winner. And then over our UK tour, we keep a tally of the show winner, with the most show wins at the end being the team champion. Now, as we mentioned already, Michael Oates, team captain of Team Inferno, has taken home that trophy for the past two years. Of course, we have Craig Collius, captain of Team Divinity, famous for his angel mythology array of robots. And then we have Will Thomas with his his uh, his manta and his tectonic, these really high-level high flippers that he's become so accustomed to after having been really, if you like, made famous with, with a spinner. And then comes the fourth team, Team Wolfpack, with their captain, your favorite person in Extreme Robots, Shane Lale. Chris, do you want to explain? Just, just leave it there. Should we just stop? Just move on to move on to something else. It's just all been I'll, Christmas, Glenn. Come on. All I'll say is that when you come to Extreme Robots, as much as you may like pro wrestling and sports and all those other levels, you are going to get a pantomime villain, whether you like him or not. And it is going to be Shane Ladle. Although, because he is such a good robot here, and particularly such a good driver, he has his fans as well, Chris. No, he really does. I mean, everyone loves a bad boy, don't they? Um, and you know, for all of his uh, his faults with his personality in in uh, the way that he talks to pretty much everybody, um, <laughs> I've got to say he is he is a great bot- roboteer, and and he pushes the other captains with his ability as well. And you know, he puts his money where his mouth is, and he often delivers. and And he's building almost a cult backstage as well of of certain uh, the roboteers that are, that are buying into that confident approach you either join us or you leave there's a really what i love about the team element of the show and i should really just explain so your team captains are responsible for looking after um all of the other roboteers in in their fleet but also other people's robots so other people will drive those robots but they're responsible for when they go in to fight one of their opponents so tactically you've got to decide which one of your team you think will beat your opponent so there's a lot more to it than just going in and and, and having three minutes there's a lot more thought that goes on backstage with the roboteers but what separates Shane from the others is he he will try and remove people from his team if he feels like they're not pulling their weight there is there is there's a real um, you know competitive edge to all of them but he he really has bought into the to the team element um which uh, is, you know, we have a transfer window uh, throughout. Uh, the, the, we the do our January season. transfer window. Goodness, are we going to have to open it? I think yeah, and no, no, we're no, we're out of season, Chris. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll have a summer transfer window, and that will be our January transfer window. It's um, um we're all the yeah. dodgy deals where you're going to regret in six months happen. 
but we had people asking to leave his team. Uh, <laughs> we, we, had, we had people wanting to join his team because they well, want yes. to be. They want to be, you know, and more he has, competitive. Yes, he has rather ignited something in other, the Roboteers as well. A lot of fans of Robot Wars will remember Mega Mouse, of course, that went on a nice little run on the show. That now has become a bit of a bad mouse. For, for us because it's Shane's he's, he's got him competitive and there's a bit well, of an edge now yeah I mean look at the mouse right the mouse was always really nice as we call it bad mouse now really nice competitive but wasn't really a, what we'd call a challenger of the elite for maybe like a title for example but this year it did not for very long, but it did manage yeah. for a cup of coffee. <laughs> you you can't take you can't take it away. It did manage to win the heavyweight championship, um, and and that has been since it's been in uh, the Wolfpack team. So it, it's you're right. It absolutely has ignited something in other roboteers. Um, That's and, something you know, to mention as well, Chris, uh, because we'd be remiss to, to to not. We do have the most valuable championship in all of combat robotics that's right i said it it's the most valuable championship in all of combat robotics the i believe it's 12 and a half pounds of gold and silver that is the extreme robots heavyweight championship belt no nods to pro wrestling and ufc here <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about but Michael Oates has held that championship a few times. John Findlay has held that championship. Shane Lale, I put it in his, yeah, he, he took it to bed with him and woke up the next day and had it cruelly ripped from him by Will Thomas. So we have had a plethora over the last two years of heavyweight champions, which exists exactly the same like it would do. You know, we joke aside about, you know, a pro wrestling title or a, a more accurately, maybe an MMA championship. But yes, that's added a new element to it. So not only have we got four teams all battling for supremacy over the course of this whole UK tour that goes to, you know, all over the country. We're in, we're in Newcastle at the Virtue Motors Arena. We're down, we're down in Essex. I think we're down in Essex twice. It's all an incredibly exciting time to be involved in Extreme Robots. And that championship will be defended all over the UK. You're guaranteed to see a championship match, Chris. Yeah, it, it it really does. I mean, you know, we asked the uh, the roboteers to to put on the best show possible, and we asked them. You know, they really do care about winning these championships and 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 these events. It's 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 good for their ego, but they they are incredibly competitive. And we say to them every show, you know, you've got to put that championship on the line. And we spend a lot of time watching other fights and and tallying up the results and seeing who could be, for example, the new number one contender or we'll have a, a contender's battle to see who that can be. Um, so, you know, in order to win that championship, they really do have to be at the top of their game. Again, going back to the mouse, it held it for a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those things happen in in sports. That's that that's the the kind of the, the interesting element of maybe coming to one of these shows and not knowing it, maybe just being a fan of sports of I don't know, combat sports of like we said, boxing, um wrestling, UFC. But even from a from a tactical, we talk a lot about well on our, on our commentary the football aspect of it. And indeed, we talk a lot about Formula One. There's so many different elements that go into this because as as great as the robots can be, and sometimes the robots can go kaput very quickly as well, mm. the drivers, the element, the sporting element, the the kind of, the, the element of competition backstage, Chris, that's always fascinating to see. 
Well, yeah, and 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 again, that's really evolved because we do give them the opportunity to actually, you know, fully compete uh, without holding anything back. You'll get situations where we've already mentioned with implosion, where an opponent of implosion will put on armor onto their mm-hmm. robot, absolutely, to to help them defend against. If it's within the FRA regulations. Yeah, as long as and they're within, and the, it's underweight. Yeah, exactly. As long as they're within the weight, you'll get spinners where their opponent will put bungee cords on and things like that to try and wrap up the robot to stop them from working properly. You know, the other thing to think about from a technical point of view, Glenn, which really we've talked about a lot more in the past year because we we are running, you know, from effectively the beginning of the year to the end of the year, we go through all of the seasons. So when we get to the summer and and it's very warm inside the arena or warm just naturally in the atmosphere, that has a huge impact on the CO2. So if you've got a flipper, the way that works is going to be very different in June and July or uh, September when we're yeah. doing our shows versus when we start the year in Doncaster. The amount of flips that you can get will be impacted by how cold or how warm it is or how powerful those flips are. So... You've got a robot like Tectonic, which is a low-pressure flipper, which is designed for longevity, so it can really do flips for three minutes, but it's not really going to launch anyone against the ceiling, for example, but it will go the distance versus somebody like Eruption, which is limited on its CO2, but will launch you against the roof. As the year progresses, those fights change because of the the CO2 and how it works, and so the roboteers have to bear that in mind, how much they gas up, when they attack. It is a true technical challenge um you know and that runs within a live two-hour show um the prep work is 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 minimal really because we don't have the time for it it's it's really impressive what goes on backstage and that's why we love having our vip tours to be able to give people the opportunity to go backstage and actually see these robots up close talk to the roboteers hold the trophies Hold yeah. the championships. All well, of, those of, of course, this was something I was about to ask you. So, so say you never come to an extreme robot show before. The process really, I imagine, would start with finding us on social media, hearing the podcast, watching a video, seeing something like that, and then going to extremerobots.co.uk. Now, on extremerobots.co.uk, not only do we have all of the live streams we've done before, a merchandise section where you can get... Um, t-shirts of your favorite teams, waivers if you want to buy them in advance of coming to the show. And of course, at the live show, boy, do we have some merchandise, Chris. <laughs> we know all about that. There is the, there is as much merchandise as you could shake a sparkly light-up stick at, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> is on the merchandise stall uh, when you come to see us live. But of course, you can buy it through uh, extremerobots.co.uk. But of course, it's the best place to get tickets because if you buy tickets through our official website, there are the options, of course, of standard tickets which will mean you get the live show you get everything that goes into making a fantastic extreme robot show but then there are the premium tickets where it's the best possible area for you to be able to to see the show then there are the vip tickets and as you've just said this is the really exciting part for me chris is when somebody comes in with a vip ticket or if they haven't vip upgrades are always available from the merchandise stand until we are at capacity the VIP tours is a chance for you to not only see how it works, but meet the people behind it as well and see the environment. Now, you mentioned before about heat and CO2 and how that you know, that, that factors in. 
just because we're going to Newcastle, which, you know, as I know, is a much colder climate than it is in Essex, for example, it doesn't necessarily mean because it's a colder climate that the CO2 is going to be less volatile because the arena itself, the environment that we're in, the backstage surroundings, all of those have little factors. It's down to the really, really tiny margins. And I think when somebody comes on the VIP tour, they get to see how tiny those margins are up close and personal, if you like, Chris. Absolutely. And, you know, we do find that more and more people are starting to decide who they want to cheer for now in, in the four teams. Uh, and, and there is a real good spread across them. You know, it'd be very easy to say, oh, Team Inferno, because they've won the championship. Everyone supports them. They don't. Um, no, not at all. And, and we, we know that because we have... So something... I don't want to support Man United. Yeah. <laughs> or Man City now, obviously. Well, exactly, yeah. We're old say. Um, But, uh, you know, and we have um, the what we call the, the XR token, which is the fan token or the joker, as it's often referred to, during the show where people can actually have an influence on who wins points in in the show because it's three points for a win, one for a, for a draw, which never really happens. Um, but, uh, you know, they can actually have an influence. They can actually talk to the roboteers during the interval of the show, mm-hmm. find out what's going on, really get a sense of how the team are going to work in the second half and make that decision. Do I back this team and give them a chance of winning? And it honestly has a massive influence. Team Divinity, who haven't necessarily been the most competitive towards the end of the shows, but they got their victory from the fan token, from the XR Army picking them as their favourite for that weekend, giving them the boost. They got the points on the boards and they and they won that, that match. So, you know, the audience and that sort of interaction that they have with the, with the teams and the roboteers genuinely impacts how the show plays out. Yeah, we try to make this as interactive as possible. As Chris says, you pick up your XR token as you come into the beginning of the show before you've even seen a robot. And then at the interval, after you've seen half the show, we give you a chance to give the team of your choice all you have to do. It's just like one of those Tesco tokens, isn't it? Where we put, you, you choose your charity. Instead of your charity, you're choosing the team you wish to be charitable to the most. And they do indeed if they play their Joker in the second half and they win, they get double points which can be huge over the course of a show Chris especially when it's so tight between the four teams well we mentioned the VIP tour we mentioned going backstage and seeing the you know the sights and indeed smells because there are plenty of <laughs> where we listen we know when it, when a, um, a a battery has exploded or a battery has burned down yeah we can generally smell it out the front and it is quite <laughs> off-putting when you're trying to tell people about the show but so we've got used to it and not as off-putting as when two robots get stuck together, but we do have uh, we do have <laughs> steps in place uh, for that. And and also, Chris, before I get onto the platinum experience, it's worth mentioning that we have the best team in combat robotics, and that's not just for the show. That's for building the arena, the maintenance, for everything that goes on, for keeping the show running. Our crew has been doing this now, and remember, in 2024, we will be going into our 23rd year doing an incarnation of the show on a UK tour. Over a quarter of a million tickets have been sold for this over the years. So at this point, you would hope the crew knew exactly what they're doing, but they really are the absolute best. I know you, you give them a lot of props during the show, Chris, but these guys have got a lot on. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we we try and say to the audience that are at the live show, but it's it's quite hard to, to get your head around at times, is that you know if you have watched BattleBots or you have watched Robot Wars or any of the incarnations of those TV shows, um, there may be four fights that are recorded throughout a whole day and your robot may fight once for example um we're running 10 
fights per show. Sometimes even more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're doing that twice a day on a Saturday and once on a Sunday. So effectively, 30 plus fights over a weekend. So those robots potentially are doing more than one fight because they're in a championship or all those sort of things. Our, our team try and make that as smooth as possible. We have a two hour show. That's pretty incredible. You think we're getting 10, 10 fights in two hours versus the TV show where they'd maybe do a fight every few hours, have a breather, cup of tea, reset, all of those sort of things. So those guys are working incredibly hard. The arena, because of this spinners, is, you know, is, is bulletproof. It's double polycarbonate. This, these are huge sheets of bulletproof material that have to be put together. And we only have a limited amount of time to get into the arena, to get set up uh, and make sure everything's, you know, lighting rigs, sound rigs, the production that we put into this now, Glenn, is 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 very impressive. And that's something that's hugely important to us because, again, it adds into that interactive element of it. The show does not stop. There are no gaps. If a robot yeah, absolutely. You know, not ready to go into the arena, we don't sort of say, everyone have a breather, come back in 10 minutes. You know, we have things going on, whether it be backstage, Gemma talking to other robots, us, things on the screens. The show completely evolves as it goes and we have to adapt. It, it is an unbelievable machine. Um, and I'm so grateful to the team backstage because it means that we can have the fun that we do. And, and you know, it's testament this year. Our our tickets are, are going fantastically. We're, we're mm-hmm. looking at bringing more venues on the horizon, which I'm sure will, will be uh, announced in, in due course. But it, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant thing. And that only occurs because of the hard work of the of the people backstage. Well, I firstly completely agree, but secondly, I think there are the two big headlines that we've got to to, to to finally put this away, and I think you touched on one of them there, is the fact that we do have spinners. The only place, the only touring UK, sorry, the only touring European show that has spinning robots. And when we say spinners, that's a colloquial term that we use for robots that have huge pieces of metal attached to them that spin at 120 miles an hour while laser guiding themselves towards another robot and often can have huge explosions, fire, sparks. And in order to do that, that's with, we are the only place in Europe that can do this because we have a double-walled polycarbonate arena, which is bulletproof, of course, and has an air gap between it as well. Because as you've, well, as we've seen certainly over the past, sometimes these things can fly off, Chris. I mean, they are de- they are designed; they are in battle. Yeah, they really are. I mean, it's the closest we probably have to you know Roman gladiator battles in in those yeah. arenas or even even like the old jousting that they used to have on the horseback sure and, yeah you know you, you, everyone becomes a little bit feral when uh when those fights are going on they're baying <laughs> for blood and and they i mean do we don't help it do we no they do generally fight to destruction we had numerous times last year where people had spent months building a robot and then took it home in, in a number of carrier bags um so they will fight to destruction and that's what that's what we want that's why we're called extreme robots and that's what the audience wants so um, but yeah, these parts, these pieces of metal, and they're tank grade metal, we should say as well, Glenn. They're not like Hardox and like Armox, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, we... they're, they're tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing that we should, me and Chris, should explain as well as caveats on your journey through these uh, the, the, the episodes of Reactivate is we are not the specialists. We are your caveat to get to the specialists. We talk 
very frankly and in sporting and entertainment that guys us about this but what we do is the idea for reactivate is to have high level guests on have big you know not only big fans of the show but roboteers and people involved in it and people who can give an insight into the sport of combat robotics way better than we can chris absolutely and and the thing moving forward that's going to be important for us and is is that the show evolves every year and that's through feedback from our roboteers and our team but also from as we call them the xr army so if you're listening to this or you've been to see the show and you know you think we should be interviewing someone in particular or there's an element we should focus on because you want to learn more about it um, then do let us know and we will make sure that happens because we do run this 12 months of a year glenn and i where we're we're interacting with our fan base the xr army and our roboteers and you guys through this podcast with the reactivate podcast so you know whether there's a show on over a weekend or not we will be here talking away winding people up as we like to do <laughs> yes we're never far away from social media of course you can find us across all of the social media platforms which if i can remember them off the top of my head are facebook instagram tiktok twitter now x and threads and of course you can follow us on twitch now i'm on there pretty much every week we started off playing uh robot wars arenas of destruction back on the ps2 and and everyone seemed to took to it and then we had a 25th robot wars birthday party and then hundreds of people turned up and now we have a really kind of burgeoning twitch society um of like-minded combat robot fans fans of robot wars it's a really really nice environment where there a lot and of course you can find us on twitch as well the easiest way to find us across any social media platform is just to search for extreme robots to be honest if that's what i do to find my own social media then it's probably easier than doing anything else chris i can't even find my own hopes where did my profile go do we have a myspace when did we get so old I know, what? I know. We uh, this is what's quite interesting for us because we're a on bingo that. for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd like to send you a fan letter, please, Glenn. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, please we're, we're at that we're at that age where we're we've, we we're sort of on the cusp of that technology generation now, and now we're finding there are things that exist that we don't really understand. However, the people that are coming into robot combat now, this is absolutely in their wheelhouse because they're able to communicate, learn from each other, from our social media, ask questions to other roboteers, and of course we can pass those things on as well. But a lot of people have grown up with games consoles now and Playstations and Xboxes and things, and that really is a gateway into controlling one of these robots. So, you know, if you're if you're brilliant at, uh, you know, going on your, your computer games and stuff like that, I've really sounded old things. I couldn't even think of a I was going to say Minecraft, but it's probably not the right game. But if you're going on all those sort of things, the chances are you can probably control one of our robots. And there's an opportunity to come to the show, have a go with our little bots, or you know the platinum experience where you get to go with the the granddaddy robots, wow. uh, the, big, the big boys. Yeah, we have two. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 top headline is. As much as Extreme Robots is a fantastic live show and you love seeing other people smash up robots, there are two opportunities at Extreme Robots in which you can operate your own heavyweight robot. Nay, not heavyweight robot. I know that wasn't a horse going past. For some reason, I just turned into the Tudors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did say we're old. Yeah, well, I was only watching the Tudors earlier on. (laughs) 
It's a bit saucy. Anyway, um, there are two opportunities for you to be able to operate a actual Robot Wars robot. One of those opportunities is to go to the XR facility. And the next one, I believe, is in February, depending on when you're listening to that podcast. That may be utterly irrelevant. Please check extremerobots.co.uk for the next Battling Robots, the experience. Now, this is something we run out of the Extreme Robots facility based in Nottinghamshire. It's only 10 minutes off the A1. Now, uh, periodically over the year, John Findlay, the master builder at Extreme Robots, will invite people in to the facility um, and you will be able to bring a guest as well. And over that hour, you will have a tour of the basically the living museum of Robot Wars. John Finley was, of course, on numerous um, episodes and series of, of Robot Wars, operating Ripper, which is a very famous robot, of course, from from the that era of, of Robot Wars. And now, of course, is involved in Extreme Robots after having set up roaming robots. And my goodness, John does so much as well by going into schools and teaching kids about robots. Um, it isn't an job for John and we very much appreciate him as part of the team here at Extreme Robots. Um, there's Trevor as well, but we won't talk about him. He just he, he's away in the dark, isn't he, Chris? We don't. He, no one really knows his true identity. No, he's basically the vampire. um so yes the the battling robots the experience john will take you around the facility will introduce you to the the old robot house robots projects that never got finished because it seems that john if anything's wrong with a robot somehow it ends up at john finley's xr facility being repaired i know that he's done a lot of that this year Uh, and then of course the finale the grand finale of that tour is getting to go into our class three arena and operate your own robot wars robots and get to have a few battles then actually feel the power of a heavyweight robot or the other option and let's be honest chris this is the ultimate isn't it is our platinum ticket experience now our platinum tickets give you all of the show as you would do on a standard ticket then they give you all the benefits of the backstage tour as you would get on a vip ticket but then you get to operate, and again, an actual Robot Wars robot, an actual competing Robot Wars robot inside against other people on the Platinum Experience with judges and all of the pressure of all of the audience filing into the Extreme Arena. I think it's the maddest thing ever, and those tickets are available. I will be honest, there are very, very few available for the next tour, and they are the quickest to sell. But if you go to extremerobots.co.uk and look up the Platinum tickets, the Platinum experience, my goodness, what an experience, Chris. Oh, it, it's incredible, really. And it really gives you a sense of what it's like to drive these robots and, you know, multitask, really, not only driving them, learn how to work the weapons at the same time while opponents flying at you, but it's judged. So it's an actual competitive fight that you have we have our extreme judges and they judge it and of course glenn something that we've added in recently is the opportunity to actually have it commentated on as well and that footage played back yes indeed so not only is there live commentary front of house with myself you know as i refer to us the shaved chimps of extreme robots me and chris just having a lovely old time at the front but leading you through the show explaining the points explaining how it's all working and hopefully hopefully making it entertaining well we have jamie davis the professor of Extreme Robots, who not only deals with the live stream backstage, commentating and interviewing a lot of the roboteers, but he is the commentator for the Platinum Experience as well. So you will get in depth. That you, I mean, you're going to get feedback on your own driving the first time driving a robot. The Platinum Experience is absolutely, it's bonkers, Chris. I think it's one of the the the, the best 
when I, because of course we've spent a lot of time in, in theater and the entertainment industry. When I look around for experiences, one-off experiences that you just can't get anywhere else, there's nothing like it. Oh no, it, it's really impressive. It's, it's very unique as well. It's not something you can just do anywhere. I mean, you know, in the whole time I've been involved in roboteering, I think I've had two goes with the robots because I'm too scared. I haven't touched one. Yeah, and and it is, it's it, it gets the heart pumping, mate. There's something really interesting about it because it isn't something you can do anywhere else. As you said, you can't do it outside of the extreme arena. It's a really fun thing to do, and and we're really lucky that we have the the facilities and the option to do that and bring that to the XR army. So yeah, you can come along and and have a really fun weekend with us. But you know, going back to the podcast, there is so much that we can talk about on this and have been talking about. And I know that's all going online, Glenn. It's a it's a really great place to be. Um, I'm really excited for the year ahead uh, with all of the things that are coming up and, and to talk about it. That's the best bit is now we have the ability to, you know, to have these uh, these podcasts and, and, and all the things we put on YouTube and the streams and stuff. It genuinely is a proper interactive environment now. It is as well. And really, Chris, only in its infancy. We haven't really been doing that this long. And now we, I, I think the opportunities that have come up and how exciting uh, you know, everything is, the, the potential for Extreme Robots is quite preposterous. And of course, we will be back for episode, well, let's call it episode two. I, I'm not going to lie to you. The next time you hear us, we will have already recorded that episode, but we'll be very excited. So treat it like it's our first time, you know, be gentle with us. This is all very new to us, and we're clearly not 21 anymore. So, <laughs> well, Chris maintains it is. But, um, I had a cup of tea before we started, so I had full rock and roll for this, mate. I went for it. Fantastic. I, went for it. I had I had some some Pepsi Max because I'm just off the chain. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural episode of Reactivate the Extreme Robots podcast for Chris Wilkins. My name is Glenn Robinson. We'll see you next time.